but we've had a good time today. In Sunday school, we talked about the Lord and what he's trying to do in our body, and, and we've just been having a great time today. But Jesus is what it's all about. And, and this week, um, uh, I had to prepare for lots of sermons and different things, and, and it seems like anything I did this week, uh, the scripture was 511 that drew me. And I don't believe in coincidence, but uh, I was building three different types uh, or, or their sermons are looking at things, 511, boom, boom, boom. And so that's why the title's 511 today. Uh, I just thought we're going to think about that. I want you to remember the 511s today. But all of these are, are things that, 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 that the Lord, I believe, spoke to me at different times this week, and I'm going to try to share them. But I'm going to start out today in Psalms 1, 1 through 6. And that isn't 511, but I want to build the, the stage a little bit. Because the psalmist here, he's talking about how God has given us free will to decide how we will live our lives. Will we live for Jesus or will we live for the enemy Satan? Will we choose eternal life or will we choose eternal hell? And a lot of you are thinking, I didn't choose the world. I, I didn't choose the devil. But if you're not for him, you're against him. But this life is to decide Jesus has gave us the free will to determine what we're going to do every second, every breath of every day. He's gave us that freedom to choose whether we pray for him, whether we choose him, whatever. It's your choice. Eternity's your choice. Everything you in your life relating to God and Jesus is your choice to do or not do. He doesn't crack a whip. He doesn't make you do anything. It's your free will. So we see that, that the psalmist goes into talking about those that, that are, choose God and those that choose the way of the world and the, and the way of the enemy, Satan. And, you know, it, it really bugs me is that, that, that people don't want to hear hell and Satan, uh, we, we just don't say the, that thing anymore or those things anymore. And we need to remember, just like there's a Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit in heaven, there's a hell and demons and his cronies in hell. And that's the choices we're making each and every day. It's obvious that God chooses that all people would be saved and come into a knowledge and understanding of him. That's the scripture. That's 2 Timothy or 1 Timothy, I believe, 2.4. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whomever would believe choosing him would have eternal life. So that choice is out there. And we see the first plan. I'm going to call it plan A. And so we see plan A. And by the way, if you're following along online or, or on your, we do have the notes downloaded to the church app. The Oakton app, if you want to download the app, the sermon notes are on there, the scripture's there, but you can follow along there on the PowerPoint. But plan A, a choice to follow God. He says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, 
and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. Well, guys, today we are planted by streams of living water. Uh, We've experienced a move of the Holy Spirit. God is in this house. God's presence is strong in here today. I, I felt God all over me. He's all over you. God is here because you've planted yourself here in a place of living streams and water. When we plant ourselves in a place to receive, God's going to water us. He's going to bless us. Blessed here means happy, fortunate, prosperous, enviable. Man, God, people envy the believer that is blessed because they're like, man, what is, what, what is Sean doing that, that I'm not doing? And it's working for him. It's called Jesus. You know, what is Carrie doing that, 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 that I'm not doing? We're doing the same things, but, but she's so happy and, and my life's in, in just shambles. It's Jesus. It's being rooted in him. And people are envious of that. And that's why we need to share Jesus with people because they want to know what's going on in our lives. We should never hide that. The other thing we see in the scripture that, that, that the man refers to godly men and women. When you do a study on that, it means godly men and women walk not in the counsel of the wicked, but in the presence of God. The godly refuses to follow ungodly advice, plans, or purpose. Man, if you're getting advice from the unbeliever, uh, unless the Lord told you to do it, I'd be careful. I'd be careful to follow the way of an unbeliever unless the Lord said, listen to him. The godly here will not be submissive to sin, nor be inactive or inactive towards sin. So in other words, when they see sin in their life, they're going to say, whoa, or the Lord's going to say, hey, kid, you need to change that up a little bit. We're not going to allow that in our life because we are submissive to the Lord and not sin. The godly will never relax, rest, or gather with the sinner. And I think that, that, that we have gotten into a place that, that we just want to put ourselves in a sinful situation to say we're ministering. Well, if you didn't tell somebody about the gospel of Jesus Christ, then you haven't placed yourself in a place to minister. I get it all the time. Oh, I go to the bar to drink and hang out and witness Jesus. Well, did, did anybody hear the salvation message? Because that's why you're there. Uh, guys, I wouldn't recommend you going to Mardi Gras on vacation. But I would say if God called you there, that you go there to minister the gospel. That's the difference. The godly will never even relax, rest, or, or because they're pursuing the Lord. The Lord, the godly will delight and in in desire the guidance, instructions, and teachings of God. The godly habitually ponder on the studies of God's word day and night. Are we getting this today? You know, that's, that's the God side. And let's look over here at plan B here. Plan B is choosing to follow Satan Follow sin. Well, you say, I don't follow Satan, but, but if you're following sin and you know it, then you're following Satan. 
If you're following worldly passions and worldly things that are against God, then you're following Satan. Is that cut and dry? For the wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of righteousness. Meaning, you're not going to be justified just as if you've never sinned if you don't choose Jesus. You're not going to be able to, to sit in the congregation of righteousness, meaning eternal life, unless you choose Jesus. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. The wicked are, 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 the wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of righteousness. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. I want you to think about that today. You see, the wicked are disobedient and living without God. They're like chaffs. In other words, this is going to be sounding bad, but, but they're worthless is what that means. Chaff, you look that up, it means worthless, dead, without substance. Man, that's the way I felt before I gave my life to Jesus. I felt worthless. I, I, I felt dead. I felt like that I had no substance until I received Jesus and he gave me substance. The ungodly are those who live outside of God's will and in, in ruin, will end in ruin and come to nothing. So I think about that today as I look around the room today. How many of us have chose Jesus, plan A? You know, that's why the Lord, thank you for those hands that aren't ashamed. I didn't even ask. But, but, but that's what blessed me this morning that if you cried out Jesus today, that was awesome. Because you're, you're not ashamed. You're not ashamed of him. You've chose plan A. But is there any here today that have chose plan B? And I want to tell you today that Jesus is here to change your life. He's here to give you substance, to give you worth, to give you all the things that you so desire. He loves you so. He loves you so. I shared a story in, in, earlier this morning in, in the class the Lord put on my heart, and I've been urged again on it, but Karen and I did foster care for, for several years and had 28 kids, and, and I'm going to tame it down a little bit here, but we had one that, that came in that she was in a situation that was just horrible. It was so bad that she didn't think anybody could ever love her because her mom and dad didn't. And the things they did to her were so horrible. And, and, and when Karen and I would bring kids into the church, Man, the children's church was so awesome and, the, and the, the youth was so awesome. They'd get saved just quickly because they felt the love and the presence of God. But this person here, they just couldn't get there. And, and I could see God moving over them in service and they just, they just couldn't get there. They'd just weep and weep and weep. And I'll never forget, we were sitting at the dinner table one night and, and, and I don't know if she was reading the word or I opened it up and slid it under her, but... I began to tell her how much God loved her and tried to, to let her know again. It just wasn't working. I tried everything. I, was, I just was frustrated. Lord, what can I say? And, and she begins and she's weeping and she's crying. 
and I looked down there, and her tears were following on, following on her Bible, and it was following on John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. And I said, hey, hey, look. You're weeping saying nobody cares about you. And the Holy Ghost come in here and directed your tear to that stained scripture of John 3.16. And she gave her life to Jesus that night. Never forget that day. But how awesome God is. You know how tears stain. Her Bible was stained on John 3.16. So anytime she opened it, she knew and remembered that day. But let's get into the 5.11s today. I pray today that you're not a plan B. But let's get into the, the, the 5.11s today. Hebrews 5.11, and this is a point. If you're following online and you're following the app or behind me, resist the urge to be dull. Now, I'm speaking to the unbeliever today, but, but this passage of Scripture was wrote for the believer. Resist the urge to be dull. And I want you to turn to Hebrews 5. I'm not going to read the whole passage, but I think I may have put some behind me. But, but Hebrews 5.11 says, about this we have much to say. And it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. This is my fear as a pastor. Uh, this is a big concern, I believe, of the church today is that we don't become dull. If you look up dull here, it means lacking interest and excitement for the word of God. So everything that we just talked about, the godly will habitually ponder on the studies of God's word day and night. Meaning the church will get dull to that. Uh, I didn't have time to go to the book of Revelation on how God said you've forsaken your first love. Or Jesus said how you've forsaken your first love. We see that the church in the last days will get dull, lacking interest and excitement for God and the things of God and his word. They will lose their delight and their desire to follow the guidelines, instructions, and teachings of God. And we're seeing that in the world today. We're seeing that in our own denomination. We're seeing that in other denominations that, that they're failing to desire and delight in the things of God. Paul was rebuking this church because they were becoming unteachable. I pray that we're not unteachable. He says, I have much to say, but it's hard to explain because you're dull of hearing. Guys, I've quit preaching before because I could tell it was landing on deaf ears. I'm not going to say it's open where it's at, but you can tell sometimes. Are we so caught up in the longings of the world that our ears have become dull to God? If you go back to Hebrews 5.8, it talks about Jesus. And Jesus avoided becoming dull by continuing in obedience. Meaning when he didn't feel like it, when he didn't really understand it, think of the Garden of Gethsemane, when he sweat blood, because he wanted to remain obedient. He sweat blood. Some others think that, that he was praying so hard that, that his time didn't want to be cut short. He got, had to go to the cross. Some believe that, but he was praying that he would remain obedient. 
and that he'd be able to follow through. It said, but even though he was a wonderful son, meaning Jesus, he learned to listen and obey through all sufferings. And after being proven perfect in this way, he has now become the source of eternal salvation to all that listen and obey. You want eternal salvation? You want a move of God in your life and you listen and obey. You follow the example of Jesus Christ and you go to the cross if necessary to live, listen, and obey to what God tells you to do. Psalms 1, the godly will delight and desire the guidance and instruction and teachings of God. Hebrews 4.12 says, In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your own blood. That's a pretty good call out there, isn't it? Sometimes I think, oh, I tried. Joe got into it last week. It's more than just saying it. It's doing it. The key to our success is obedience. And I don't like using the word success. The key to our happiness, the key to our blessing is obedience. Obeying the Greek means to hearken or listen for the knock on the door or pay attention. Strong concordance, the Greek word. The commentary said Jesus' suffering were seen as lessons on listening and obeying God. It referred to Revelation 3.20, and Joe shared last week. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears, obeys my voice and opens the door, I will come to him, eat with him, and he will be with me. God wants to move in our life, but even in salvation, he's knocking. We got to open the door. In our daily walks, he's knocking, but we got to open the door. Some other commentaries I thought was kind of neat about being dull. One said, being dull of hearing is not a problem with the ears, but a problem with the heart. The hearer isn't really interested in what God has to say. I pray I'm not dull. I pray I don't become dull. I pray you're not dull and that you don't become dull. Have prayed that this week for each and every one of you. The Christians who felt like giving up with Jesus were also dull of hearing. The dullness, dullness usually comes first. And then the desire to give up. And man, that is so true. Go read James chapter 1. When the word of God starts to seem dull, we should regard it as a serious warning sign. So if God's becoming dull to you, church becoming dull to you, living for God's becoming dull to you, you need to press into the word because that's a warning. It's a warning that maybe your spirit's becoming dull. I did a funeral this week for Virginia Heinegger. There was a lot of suffering in her life, if you will. And I don't mean that bad. I just wanted to to share some. It just jumped out at me. But on her obituary, you could read it online. but, But she went through the drought of the 1950s. And that was horrible. But her delight and desire was for the Lord. We see that, that, that in 1969, she went through the, alter, the untimely death of her husband. So here we have a lady that lost her husband at a young age to had to maintain a farm and, and keep the farm up. And she chose to do that by herself, but said she couldn't do it. 
without friends and neighbors that loved her. She went through the farming crisis in the 80s, and, and I remember going through them and many of you going through them. She dealt with a long illness before death. But she chose God. She chose God no matter what happened in this life. And this is what her family wrote about her. Virginia's unwavering faith in God, her personal relationship with the Lord, the comfort of the Holy Spirit and biblical scripture carried her through life, challenges and sorrows, always looking forward to the promise of eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Boy, I hope somebody says that about me when I die. I'm not saying that she was perfect. I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect. But she strived to be Christ-centered. She strived not to be dull. Or when she was dull, she pressed in to the things of God. The believer may have their ups and downs, but they are moving forward in God. And, and I'm going to show an example, Abby, if you, or Gabby, if you want to put up on the board I don't know what number it is, but but I went on a weight loss program. And uh, you see, this is my chart. And and I started out at the top there. But what I notice is, this is an example of obedience. When I'm obedient to the weight weight loss program, then I'll be blessed. And I had an interesting thing happen in one of these sermons I preached this week. I'd lost so much weight that I didn't have any belt buttons left. And when I'm done preaching, you'll notice I'll take my tablet and I'll stick it back here behind me so that I can shake hands with people. And guess what? My tablet slipped down, (laughs) went down my pants, and I'm like this. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Jesus is in the back room and grabbed it out, you know. But, but no, it was it was very awkward. I had to just kind of suddenly go over and, and sit down and pray that it would fit out my pant leg. <laughs> so none of us are perfect. But if we're obedient to the Lord, he'll bless us. He didn't embarrass me, so I was blessed. But I see the more faithful I am to obeying the diet, the more success I have and experience. Even though I struggle being completely faithful to obedience overall, you can see my ups and downs, but I'm still losing weight. And that's what, if you look here, the first week I dropped, or the first period I dropped 10 pounds to go right back up. And that'll preach right there because uh, my scale was off 10 pounds. And I went to the doctor and I'm thinking, man, that's higher than my scales at home. And, but anyway, I was listening and looking at the wrong word, if you will. Sometimes we're doing things we shouldn't be doing and we are justify it through the word and we, the Lord corrects us of it. And so then we get a hold of ourselves, and we come back down. But you can see that, that, that there's times that you drop in the yellow and you might jump back up then you drop, then you jump back up, you drop to jump back up. Well, even at this point, Abby, I told you, or Gabby, I told you not to show my weight. You tried. Okay, thank you. Uh, but anyhow, uh, I'm down to right down here, but you can see the little dots going on. If I continue being obedient to this, 
I'm going to beat my son to 200 pounds before he gets married. And I got the Lord really dealt with me about this. This is the way our walk with Jesus is. You know, there is sometimes that, that we get off track a little bit or, or we just come, become a little dull. And we struggle and we have our ups and downs in life, but, but we center back in and we get back in that relationship and we keep moving forward. But if we're faithful to God and we continue on and just loving him the best that we can and give, doing the best that we can, he's going to bless us. When we're faithful, he's faithful. And, and I'm not saying that he withholds from me, but when we pull away from him, we reject him and he can't move in our lives. But the point of this, if you want to put that back up, the point of this slide was, is that this is going backwards if we were wanting to gain weight, but you can see there's a movement forward. And I think Chip hit on this a little bit the other day, that, that when you go through life, if, if, if you see this continue back up, then we've done something wrong. We weren't obedient, but if it continues on, it shows that we're obedient so how are we doing today? Have we become dull? Do we fight becoming dull? Are we lagging right now and we need to jump in there and say, I got to get a hold of this. Acts 5.11, number two, Acts 5.11, point, pursue holiness. God desires us to walk in holiness. Acts 5.11 says the entire church was seized with a powerful sense of fear, of the fear of the God, of God, which came over all who heard what had happened. And I read that out of the TVT. But a fear seized the church. And, and seized here means a holiness, the holiness of God went across the church. They, they, the glimpse of God's holiness seized the church. And, and, and God really spoke to me about this in prayer Tuesday morning. But we see in Acts chapter 2, 40, starting in 42, really in Acts chapter 2, because of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, launched it. Peter's sermon launched it. But we see the re reactions to all this, the seas the, the, uh, of miracles. We see miracles all throughout, you know, up to chapter 5. So we see that the church was was uh, characterized by one fellowship. We see that in the first part of Acts, that the church was characterized by miracles. We see that the church was characterized by intense unity in their heart and in their possessions. And God really spoke to me. They've, they've seen all those things and we can get up caught up in the touchy-feely and the good things and, and, and the positive things of God but now the Lord took them into a time that they need to be characterized by holiness. And I've always tried to explain this. There's a person the other day that's new in the Lord and read Acts chapter 5 and said, why did God do that? And God was emphasizing the holiness. And he wanted the church to be characterized by holiness. And we know that Ananias, 
Uh, back then, there was a move of God going on. There was unity. There was fellowship. Miracles going on. And he said, I want to be a part of that. And people were selling, selling their whole farms and giving the money to the church. And so him and Ananias, or Ananias and Sapphires decided, hey, I'm going to do that. And nobody made him do that. Nobody made him connect and say, I'm going to do that. He chose to do that. It was his decision. After they, they, they sold their land, they brought part of the monies to Peter's. And the Holy Spirit checked him and said, hey, dude, this guy's lying. He's not characterized by holiness. And Peter asked him two or three times, brother, get this right. Man, you're becoming dull here. You're getting caught up in all the emotions and all the feeling and all the touchy-feely stuff. I want you to be characterized by holiness. And he gave him chances. And, oh, no, this is exactly what I got. And he dropped dead on the spot. Same thing happened to his wife. They gave her chances, opportunities. Peter even says this in the scripture here. Why have you let Satan fill your heart and make you think you could lie to the Holy Spirit? You only pretend to give it all. You haven't lied to people, but you have lied to God. And I thought that's us a lot of times on being characterized by holiness. People may not realize that you're a porn king because you hide it. But God recognizes you're not characterized by holiness when you're doing that. You may hide that you're sleeping around or it's you're shacked up over here. But, but people, it doesn't matter. God knows and he wants the believer to be characterized by holiness. God may, or people may not know that you cuss like a sailor or you treat your wife horribly at home. But God does and he wants you to be recognized by what? Holiness. He wants you to treat your wife right. So we can hide all we want. We can hide behind everything we want, but we cannot hide from God. He wants us to be characterized by holiness. Lying is big, guys. And this world is characterized by lying. I I catch people lying all the time. People lie so much, they don't even know they're lying. They don't even know the truth anymore. If you just let people talk, You'll catch them in lies. Are we characterized by holiness? Or have we become dull because we want the success of this world? What about Survivor? Don't like talking about TV. Survivor started out being judged by integrity. And they got mad at people that lied and cheated. You watch Survivor today, i I, be honest with you, man, Karen turned off the news shows because they support everything we don't believe in, but they're characterized by lying and stealing and bad character. What's any reality show? That's why we don't do it. Or we're selective with what we do. What are we characterized by today? We should be characterized by the Holy Spirit. 
We should be characterized by holiness. If you read Acts 5.12, guys, realize that 3,000 had gotten saved, 5,000 gotten saved. There was a move of God already going on. But once God addressed the being characterized by holiness, 5.12 says, Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. And they were all together in Solomon's uh, portion. None of the, uh, the rest of them dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believe, more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick in the streets and laid them at cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on them and some of them, on some of them. The people also gathered from towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and the afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. I always hear, Pastor, I want a revival. Will then be characterized by holiness. You got to sell out to worship on Sunday mornings and be characterized by worship. You got to sell out to God in your personal relationship. Sell out to God and be characterized by his word. Don't put your heaviness on me for revival when it starts within yourself. That was probably pretty tough. And forgive me if it was, but I, get, I catch heat. I just want to revive her, Pastor. Revival, revival. Well, then be characterized by holiness. Unholiness. The sin of lying brought them death. Even the little sin of lying. Oh, it's just a half-truth. It's a big thing, guys. It brought them death. Sin defiles your character. Jesus, even talking about lying, said, you are of the father of the devil, and you will, your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. And that's what I was trying to tell you either. I don't serve Satan. Well, if you walk in lying constantly, Jesus said you're of your father, the devil, and compares you to a murderer and, and have, you know, not wanting the truth. The truth isn't in you. And he has bad character. Pretty heavy today, isn't it? Praise God for the, the grace of God, amen? Praise God for justification, because if you're feeling convicted now, you can say, Lord, forgive me of that. And it's just as if you never sinned. And that's back to that chart. You may have, have had a jump or a spike, but the Holy Spirit's convicting you to come back in line, and you can continue on. And we're going to close with 511 of Peter. First Peter 5.11, you can walk through this life in holiness. First Peter 5.11, to him be the dominion forever and ever. I love that song we sing today. That's, that, I, I think we've sang it a lot, but the last few months, that second song we sang today, seated on his throne, come let us adore, behold my God. Oh, that just blesses me. 
but he has dominion and power over this world. So cast all your anxieties on him. Let's go back and let's just read Peter here. I don't know that I put it up there. But 1 Peter 5, 6, let's start there. First off, make a choice. Humble yourself. What's your choice today? Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion, power forever and ever. Amen. Jesus is saying to us today to cast all your cares on him. Man, what are, today are you, you fighting that character uh, that bad character that that have uh, been characterized by unholiness, man, cast it on Jesus today. But what are your anxiety today? You know, what do you think about all the time? That's probably your anxieties. What what are you up late at night about? Is it preparation for the corn crop, the gas prices? Lost family members, marriage problems, job problems. What, what's your anxieties? What's your anxieties here today? When we focus on our anxieties instead of God, it causes us to become dull. So that's why Jesus said, cast all your cares and anxieties on him. Because why I care for you. A lot of you say, may, may say, why would I do this? Why would I, I, I trust Jesus with this? Guys, care here means, if you look it up, care means provide all the provision, meaning, let me back up. Jesus will provide all the provisions necessary for the health, the welfare, the maintenance, and the protection of you. God will provide whatever is necessary for you to get through this, this difficult time. That anxiety. So stay the course of holiness. Stay the course and be characterized by holiness. 1 Peter 5 eight: be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. When you become dull or caught up or threatened by him, resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by the brotherhood throughout the world. As I was reading that, I thought about James 4-7 when it says, resist the devil and he will flee. We like to quote that a lot. But what's it say before that? Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he flees. You got to submit to God in holiness. Submit to God in his character. Say, God, I'm struggling with, with walking in holiness. I'm, I'm struggling with bad character here. Lord, I'm struggling with lying. I just lied the other day. I'm struggling with this. I just did it, Lord. Father, forgive me. 
I submit myself to you, and Satan, I bind you and resist you in Jesus' name. See, a lot of times, Satan's not even the problem. It's we just haven't submitted. So God's talking about two steps. You take care of you. You submit. Be characterized by holiness. Then if Satan's a problem, we'll take care of that. Because you have authority over Satan in Jesus' name. The problem is, is when you become dull, that's the problem. So stay the course. Why do we do this? I think I've already shared that. But 1 Peter 5.10, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Guys, I believe this starts the minute you're saved. But, but God himself will restore you. If you're a sinner today, Jesus died on the cross to restore you. Restore means to put back, reinstate the saint to the sinner, or, or the sinner to the saint. <laughs> Let's get that right. The sinner to the saint, the lost to salvation, the sick to healed, the marriage struggling to the marriage is going great. Restore. But the other great thing is when I die, I'm restored for all eternity. God will confirm. Confirm means establish the truth or correction of something. Man, how many times has somebody spoke a lie over to you or, or did something bad to you and you wanted to retaliate? Just, just go to the Lord. Just follow his instructions and he'll confirm you. God will strengthen you, make you stronger. He'll build you up, make you healthier, and give you strength. God will establish you. Establish here is to set up firm or permanent on a permanent base. In this case, sons and daughters, children of God. You want to be established? You want to be set? You want to be blessed, happy, prosperous, envious? Then give your heart completely to God. Fight against dullness. Step into holiness and be characterized by holiness. And guys, this continually, we call it sanctification. But our goal is to be totally sanctified. And we have been in the spirit, but we will come, we walk into heaven, we will battle nothing no more. But as I see, as I go through life, uh, the Lord will deal with me about this and I'll correct it. Because I want to be characterized by holiness. And as I grow in my faith, there may be something else, and the Lord says, oh, Kent, getting off track. You need to be characterized by holiness. You read any leadership book, any leadership out there, all you guys paying all these big bucks on leadership, If you want, here's a nugget. If you're not a good character, you're never going to be a good leader. They won't follow bad character. You may force them to by money and paying them off, but they're not going to be there for the long haul. We need to be characterized by holiness. And I ended up saying, not only in this life, but forever and ever. When we're saved, we're reinstated, 
It's just as if we never sin, and Jesus has made us righteous in God's eyes. So as we strive to walk in that righteousness that he's already put in us, he's already gave you the power to overcome things. It's in your spirit. So 1 John says, 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful to, or to forgive your sins and to deliver you from all unrighteousness. So not only save and forgive you, but deliver you from them. Some sins that I struggle with off and on, some things I tap out quick, I'm done, I got them, we're good, Lord. Some takes a year, some less. But God's going to continually be showing you things that keep you from being like him, that cause you to be dull. Why? Because he wants you to be blessed by his love. He wants you to be blessed by his presence. He wants you to be blessed by his peace. Go read the fruits of the Spirit. They're in you. At salvation, they're here. We just got to bring them out and live them. Amen? Praise team. You don't come forward. Everybody stand to your feet. really spoke to me during this song being characterized by holiness is is coming forward again and again and again but Lord I want more of you it's not wrong to want more of him it's not wrong to want to run to these altars and say Lord I don't know I just want more of you I want to be characterized by you and that's what our relationship with the Lord is that's the chart that I showed you that, that we run to him again and again because we notice we get dull or, or we notice things need to change. And so we run to him because we are walking in holiness. We do want to be characterized by holiness. So we run into his arms because we don't want to lose that. We want his love and his compassion. It's not a bad thing. It's just saying, God, I want you. Just like my kids when they want me to hold them. You know, they just need that every once in a while. We just want to be held by Him. And that's what being characterized by holiness is, is that desire to be held by Him in all things. In all things. In all things. And the Lord has been speaking. We're moving into revival because it's your heart's. It's your desire to be characterized by holiness, not as a work, but as a love action. And Father, we ask that you help us. Father, that you continue to draw us by your Holy Spirit. Father, that you continue to, to put your arms around us and speak to us that I'm here and I care for you. I've not forgotten you, nor will I ever forget you. I love you. You're my children. Father, embrace us. Embrace us. And guys, I challenge you that, that a lot of times the people the Lord's putting in your life may be attacking you. 
They may, you may feel like they're tearing you down and there may be people that when you see them, you want to run the other way. But they're acting that way because they envy what you have. And they're angry because they don't have it and they lash out at you. Instead of running from them and hiding from them, maybe if you just say, I love you and try to embrace them, I guarantee you, you'd lead them to Christ because you're characterized by him and they're drawn to you. And sometimes they don't know how to respond, but only out of anger. So guys, if people are striking out at you, embrace them. If people are mean to you, embrace them with love. The scripture says that love brings harmony. And you'll bring them harmony with the Lord. People need us. Amen? People need us. And God needs you. He doesn't, ha- he doesn't have to have you. He can do whatever he wants. But he's entrusted you to spread the gospel. He's entrusted us. That's pretty awesome. Jesus left and he said, now it's yours. Rick, when Richard left, he gave it to you. And you're preparing it and you're giving it to your children. Doug and the McKibbins, man, D and the, he gave it to Donald and Donald gave it to Doug and his family and Doug's prepping his children too. Jesus did the same thing with the kingdom of God. And he's passed it on to us and give us the totality of the kingdom and the anointing to bring people to Christ, the anointing to lead people to Christ, the anointing to touch lives. God is with us today. I want you to pray about our Wednesday nights in our Carthage. We're trying to do church together. And we've been planning for four weeks. And if everything goes as planned, we're going to initiate it July the 3rd. And it's going to be tough. But I believe the Lord has showed us that this world don't know how to be unified. And when we're characterized by holiness... And we're characterized by the things of God and we can do church together, Spanish and English, and work through these things. We're going to build his kingdom. But where we go wrong and and the dullness that steps in, not only that could step in there, but the dullness that could step in here is when our areas become more important than God's kingdom. I've tried to preach all along that that it's Oakton. Oakton is God's church. And so if we put GJ above Oakton or Children's Church above Oakton, then we're out of order. If we put different ministries above God or the, 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 the main idea of Oakton, then we're out of order. 
So a lot of times what brings dullness is when we don't want to work together as one body. And this is going to be a hard task. And we could not have done this two years ago. But man, we're talking about it now. And it's been some intense conversations. And we're working to that. And if we get there, we'll probably not do the Sunday nights because we're doing a Sunday morning together. And we'll focus on Sunday and Wednesday nights. The same as we do here. But, but we're characterized by God first and His holiness first. And then we come together. And so usually where churches run into problems and they, they get caught up in the dullness that they think they're more important than God's calling upon the whole body. And as pastor, I need discernment to how to, to, to do things the right way. And all your pastors do. That's why we need to be characterized by holiness. That's why you need to be characterized by holiness and, and not just come along and do what we say, but to be prayerful about it and talk with us and work through these things. And Because guys, the enemy... We'll try to destroy what we're, what's coming, what's already here. Guys, we're, we're filling the house. Man, new families are being brought in. We got families brought in here like crazy. There's families coming into Clark Arthage because people are drawn to what we're doing. But we got to be characterized by God and his holiness first. Not because of works, but because of love actions. I want you, God, more than anything. I want you more than anything, Lord. I'll be faithful to you, Lord, above all things. When I'm offended, I'll go to my brother or sister, and we're going to work it out because love brings harmony. When the enemy attacks, I'm going to go to my brother for help, for encouragement. We gotta get we gotta quit being ashamed of talking to each other and praying with each other about things. Because maybe God sent you to somebody for them to help you. And if we're characterized by holiness, we don't gossip, we help. We encourage we in the Lord and we build our brothers and sisters up. Amen. I'm going to let you pray us out, Joe. I, I, I'm kind of enjoying the presence right now. But, but I always say, let's don't wait for this to stop. Let's take it out. Let's take it out and share what God's doing at Oakton Church. Glorifying Him and not Oakton. <laughs> Never glorify the pastor, never glorify, glorify Jesus, but let them know what God's doing through them. Amen. So we heard a word today. We heard a good word today. Now it's action time. This could be the very turning point that we need in our walk with the Lord to where we look back on 20 years and say, that was the beginning of my chart. This could be it. 
We could be halfway through our chart. I'm not sure where each one of us is. But this could be the day that we decide today that this is our turning point. We're all in. No matter what, we're all in. And we get to choose that today. I say, I declare in my life, there is no plan B. Let's have that mentality. There is no plan B. All in or nothing. And we can decide that right now. If we haven't already. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. And I thank you that it is alive and active today, now more than ever. I thank you that it is constant, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I thank you, Jesus, for being here with us. And I thank you for for paying that price so that we get to be here, so that we can in, and go through this and, and, and have the victory today through the name of Jesus. Help us to make that choice of, of all in and plan A every day we wake up, including today as we get ready to go here. And as, as Pastor Kent said, I ask that, that we take this with us. I thank you for your presence today. Help us to be able to take your presence wherever we go from here. Let it be known that it is you working in our life. When people wander and, and, and ask, what's going on? Why, why are you happy? Why do you have this joy? All these crazinesses of the world, but we, we want to be able to testify. Give us the boldness, Lord, to testify and be a witness for you because the presence is in our life. Because we are all in. Because we chose plan A and nothing else. Praise you, Father God. It's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. So we got Carthage tonight at 6. We got young adults here and youth here at 6 o'clock. See you guys tonight. Have a blessed day.